0: Rule number one, never let a farm dog kiss you.
1: Packing bowls and freeing souls from America's heartland. You're listening to Bowl after bowl with Lorian
0: and Spencer. In the bowl. I'm hammered. You're doing drugs, you need to be punished. I should probably try it.
2: Look, they look
1: so good. Ooh.
3: Do you all see that? Oh, yeah, I see it all right. I see it, too. It's a Bulls with Buds. You know it. Friday night, feeling all right in the bowl. We got another one coming at you. This will be episode number 144 of Bull After Bull, which happens to be a Bulls with Buds. The gross episode. On March 11th, 2022, I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And joining us from the farm, Farmer Todd.
2: Hey, what's up, guys? What's going
3: hey. on?
2: Farmer Todd.
3: Farmer Ooh, Todd in the Picking
2: banjos and slapping commies. That's what we're doing out here. Perfect. That's what we like to hear.
3: Slap those commies. And pick those banjos, man. Well, welcome to the bowl. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for having, uh, setting setting aside some time to join us and hang out. Yeah, no problem. Um, we talked earlier. We we chatted earlier. We have a little latency, um, issue sometimes. Oh, so if that uh, if that ever comes up, uh, we might have to refresh and pop back in the um clean feed throughout, which is fine. Let's it's uh, okay.
2: There, it sounds better. Okay, there we go. go ahead.
3: A little refresh, yeah, no, it's no problem. Uh, sometimes it just helps to refresh, which might be, might be cranked throughout the show, which is totally cool. We just roll with it, we roll with it in the bowl, that's how it works. But thanks, thanks for
2: sitting down with us, man. Yeah, no problem. What are you guys up to lately? Lately? Down in misery.
3: oh man. It's like, uh...
1: Been cranking out stuff for Cold Acid's Painter Story.
3: Yeah, we got the Painter Story. We just did a Ablecraft, like, a couple hours ago. Um, which ended up being sort of like a meeting of half the board or something some sort of thing like that, so we're working on a visual novel about a guy that paints what is a visual novel A visual novel is like um it's basically like a story in a video game it's like a it's like an anime that you play almost, and you can make different choices and read the story and uh go through it like that would you would you say that's
1: accurate yeah I don't know how to better describe it.
3: Yeah. What is a visual novel? Asks Cotton Gin in the Bowl.
1: Servo what, describes it as a point and click adventure without the inventory yeah, I was, bullshit. I, I was
2: curious about that. What, there you go. No, so the other night I, I was like stuck in the sugar house for hours and and what happens is I start like binging episodes of whatever. And so I hadn't listened to like bowls with specifically bowls with buds for a while. And like uh so I think I listened to like three or four episodes. Yeah. Sort of like your guys' coding stuff is is above and beyond me, but a lot of questions came up about uh, like food and and uh, beef specifically. Oh, I right, Net Ned's Net Ned was talking about it, and I and um, not Midas, but the one before that, uh, the girl from Southwestern PA.
1: Oh, Mousy Bear and Tunta,
2: I forget her name, honey, honey, oh no, Mousy Bear, yeah, yeah, yeah Mousy Bear. She's a vegetarian, but her, her husband her partner is real talking about beef, so. So I was like, man, I kept writing like notes to Adam them in the an no agenda and, and I'd always just like delete them. So it's been like this recurring theme of meat and food and all that kind of stuff. And that night when I was like alone in the sugar shack for like six, eight hours, just boiling away, listening to your guys' stuff, I was like, man, I need to like send Spencer a message. And so that's how, that's sort of how I wound up here with you guys, just to let everybody know.
3: Nice. Yeah. You, would, uh, you had talked about how we have to kind of fix our food problem and how the, uh... The food is um, kind of going to – it's going to be a challenge.
2: Yeah, for sure, man. I just as a producer, um, I just see it. It's it's crazy. I mean, you guys are talking about beef and trying to, like, be a little bit more self-sufficient, self-sustainable, that kind of stuff. And, and as someone who, like, makes a living supplying stuff, supplying food to those people, I guess maybe I just throw it out there. But if you guys have questions or whatever, help you sort of navigate that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, we were going to um... – look in in the near future to getting either a go in on a side of beef or trying to find sort of a direct from a rancher beef situation. And uh, maybe there's a, a, a way to go about it or like a way to start that you could cue us in on.
2: Yeah. I mean, um, sort of like how I got started in this, like I'm like fourth generation family farmer and, and just ended up back on the farm after like sort of traversing the country after graduating from college. And, and, you know, I like to drink beers and would hang out in bars and and people were always asking me, well, why can't we just get some steaks from you? Or can I get, can I get just like five pounds of beef or something like that? So, um, I kind of just fell into like trying to help people out with that kind of stuff and threw up a little meat shed in the, in the front yard almost. And,
1: and at this point we ended up taking a minute to fix farmer Todd's connection he ended up calling us back on the phone,
3: and uh, we can kind of just bring things back. You want to bring things back?
0: Yeah, bring it back. Bring it back. Rewind. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's all good, man. So we were talking. The reason that uh, we wanted to sit down tonight, and you reached out to me, was we've been talking in the past a f- number of times about, you know, sustainable and smartly sourced meat specifically but uh food in general and you would kind of express some concern that it's going to be hard to feed ourselves in the near future and people are going to really have to rethink totally how they get their food and where they get it from
0: yeah i um it sort of worries me i think as a producer you know like i look at break evens and and what's the bottom line here and and does this does this make sense to grow or not? Or do I raise my own cattle this year, or do I send them somewhere else and let somebody else do it? And all those things, like I mean, you just look at fuel prices and fertilizer prices and the cost of land and taxes and everything else. And and oh, and and one of the biggest things I don't think people realize is there's there's nobody working as far as you know uh, working in ag- agriculture is long hours, grueling, and it's hard to find people. So, you know, production starts going down and down. That's why you have so much processed food sitting on the shelf. And even that's hard to get there anymore. And I don't know if you guys are aware of, like, just just even a month ago, CEL drivers, which we don't have anymore, they just required every new CEL driver has to take a course to get a CEL instead of, you know, almost like apprenticing to do it. So wow. all those costs add up. And where does it go? You know, that that's the people who are buying food. Everybody knows. I mean, everybody buys groceries, and you can't walk out of a store with two bags of groceries and not pay a hundred bucks. You know? Yep.
3: Yeah. So. I mean, I've been, I've been kind of eyebrow raising the last couple of years, but the, specifically this year, and we're only we're not even three full months into this year, and it's been insane. Meat specifically, beef specifically, and meat pork I've noticed is still like they'll still have deals on pork where you go oh hell yeah I got a uh some you know I, I'll get a shoulder roast for a buck 29 a pound still you know and, and right, sometimes right, right. you'll see that but with beef it's like forget about the beef the the casey strips they'll be like oh it's uh 8.99 but then you'll see it's like a a 10 ounce you know it's not like 8.99 a pound you'll see it's like a 10 ounce steak that you can buy for 8.99 yeah, it's, it's insane.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're not getting any. So even though the price I was looking at before I got on, on the stream with you guys, I was just looking at what they call the five area average, which comes out of like New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma. There's very little cash discovery price. Everybody, everybody uh, contracts cattle anymore. And just sort of like I'll give you a quick background of what I do. Perfect. Um we I seventy percent of the cattle that we raise, so we have black and red Angus cattle and small sustainable farm here in north central Pennsylvania. And we have like six hundred acres and probably at least that many more, so like twelve hundred acres under management here. And, you know, the soil's thin. We have eight months of winter, it seems like. And so we have a very narrow Growing window, and we kind of had to seek other marketing opportunities, and and so we just can't be like one of those commodity-based. You know, when I say commodity-based, like corn soy, wheat, sure you know that's what everybody's growing. So, just try to like find a little niche market, and and uh, yeah, so seventy percent of our cattle are are sold through a natural food company, and the only way we can make ends meet is that you know we're getting a little price bump because. We we have some feed restrictions and feed requirements and we get audited and all that kind of stuff and and you know even though they keep paying us more and more and more but you know when you ten years ago when you're paying a dollar fifty for diesel and now it's four fifty to yeah. do the same thing you know the the parity in price just doesn't keep up and so I don't know who's making all the money but it's not us
3: yeah it just seems like it's getting <laughs> siphoned right off right i mean yeah right right off it goes into like you said paying for paying for the gas paying for i don't know probably a bloated marketing budget um taxes out the ass um, right so I've seen a few i know i know that adam Curry's talked to uh, um his friend, the farmer, and now is of course, when I want to bring it him up, like his, his name Texas is Caseman. Slim. Texas Slim, right. With the Texas, Texas beef Slim, initiative. Yeah. Uh, yep. I've seen locally, uh, a rancher in Kansas who participates in this, uh, project called BeefBlock.io, um, which also is sort of, uh, rallying around this buy from your rancher, not from the grocery store shelves, uh, because there's all these inflated costs that get added and freshness that's lost um, right. when you're walking into a grocery store. And right. we've just kind of grown up exposed to, like, that's the way, that's where you go to get it. Uh, I'm I'm wondering if you see any sort of short-term solutions or, like, things that people can do to turn this around or at least to even survive or maybe decentralize their yeah, food supply.
0: that's I- that's a great word right there, decentralized. And I, and I think, you know, when you listen to no agenda and that kind of stuff, you, you hear the decentralization of their product. Right. And, and so that's kind of where it like hooked me into this. Like we're trying to decentralize, decentralize from big ag, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I'm tired of just, you know, I want to be a little bit more independent from them and, and try to find our own markets. And especially being where I live, like you have to like sort of seek out, you know, we're, 100, we're 250 miles from Pittsburgh, 250 miles from Philly, and probably the same from New York. It's a little bit better off than maybe somebody that lives in Wyoming, but, um, you know, the, the cost of land here is more, et cetera. But, yeah, I just try to, I don't know, like hook up with local people, and that's sort of what we did. Was And I and I think the reason we're successful is because people saw us out and were like, we want to have really good tasting food and we want to know where it comes from. And we want to see these farms that are our neighbors still stay farms where, you know, I think in Lancaster County, like South central Pennsylvania is, they lose 10 acres a day to housing development. Some of the best farm ground probably in the country. We're tearing it up and throwing townhouses on it. Right. Yeah. Closest to one of the biggest populations, you know, in the United States. So like step away from that. And I, I think like the type of people that are listening to you guys and listening to no agenda are like, yeah, we're all for that. And, and I think they need to jump on it and support people like us in their own local community in order to keep those farms there and, and not let it go with, go the way of big ag.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think a lot of people hear this terms decentralization and, it's firstly kind of associated with uh bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in a larger sense and this blockchain technology and it sort of has become a like a washed into a meme you know and people just hear right. decentralization and think oh it's just another like silicon valley buzzword but the problem that we're experiencing as a culture i think really globally even is that everything has just been conglomerated into these little core uh, situations where everything is run by two or three or four corporations that all collude together. Whether it's the ag industry, whether it's the news media, whether it's uh, governments around the world, like... Everything that we interact with, the, the education system is run centra- in a centralized way. Our money is run in a centralized way, and it's just become so overbloated that there's just a few people siphoning off all of the wealth and taking all of the power and control over everything, and then we're stuck paying too much for a low quality product.
0: Yeah,
3: and none of the producers nor the consumers are better off for it. The producers aren't getting any of this you know, record profits.
0: It it all goes
3: to some, you know, shareholder somewhere else in some smoke filled board meeting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that's why I think, you know, people can just step away from it and, and think about where the food comes from. Um, not, not only meat, but I mean, we, we've grown commercial green beans for years and we stepped away from that. It's just, it was kind of a disgusting, uh, there's was a, so much spray, so much, it was, when people buy vegetables off a grocery store shelf, they have no idea what they're touching. It's ridiculous. I mean, Damn. we decided to get away from that kind of stuff and just sort of like forge your own path. And, and so I, I think it hit me when, um, the last few of your bowls with buds, people were, you know, expressing interest in that kind of stuff. And there is a way to get food that's good and healthy and, and, not tied to some corporate conglomeration and you just need to reach out to people that are close to them and tell them they're doing a good job and and you know vote with your dollars and not you know hit up a farmer's market you know it's just, that's the easiest thing to do
3: so would you say uh i'm for me i'm kind of in the boat of it's a one step at a time thing and it's a it's a one piece of the puzzle at a time thing. A lot of people get overwhelmed and then they think like, oh God, I can never read another Tyson drumstick in my whole life. And like, how am I even going to, you know, I'll never go to the grocery store. This, you know, five, six, seven things pop into their head at once. Would you say it's just kind of like a situation where you got to find a beef guy, find an eggs guy. Maybe you are the eggs guy. Maybe start raising chickens or something like that. Like,
0: yeah, do you think?
3: do you think a piece of the puzzle is like people growing their own stuff and seeing how much of it they can actually come up with on their own?
0: Yeah. that I mean, that's a great way to start. Chickens, especially they're, they're easy to come by and most people don't get too attached to them when the neighbor's dog takes them out. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 and then I, I feel like you have a stake in it at that point, you know, not, sure. not to make a pun or anything, but, you're like a stakeholder in your, your own food and you give a shit at that point. You care what that animal's eating. You care how it's treated. You care <clears throat> about who's going to eat it, you know, because it came from you. Like if you have extra eggs and you're like, damn, I'm going to give them to my neighbor. It's like now you're responsible for that person too. You know what I'm saying? So sure. one, one small step at a time. And you know, what about like one farmer's market trip a month? Start, start with that or, or a couple times a season sure. or hitting up your neighbor for their eggs when they have extra so that they can help pay for their own feed so you're you know it's like, it's like perpetuating a whole system that sort of slowly inches away from you know that whole big egg aspect
3: I think another cool thing about evangelism and being part of the solution like I've been saying it a lot this year because it feels like there's a lot of momentum picking up for all of this type of stuff whether it's being your own bank or being your own uh, food supply or, you know, trying to get as much of this done in house yourself as you can. Um, once you start doing it, it's not like uh you need to become this big evangelist or convince other people. You just are living a certain lifestyle. And so through living that lifestyle, you are talking about it. You are telling people just right. what's going on in your life. It's like the equivalent of uh I don't know, running Linux Arch, you know, you install it on your computer and then you're going to tell everybody, hey, guess what? Guess what? And it's like the guy that won't shut up about Linux Arch could be the guy that won't shut up about raising his own chickens.
0: Right. And it's it's really easy. I mean, start with five chickens or six. You know, I don't, sort of following you and listening to your, like, sort of evolution into getting into coding, it was, you seemed over, you know, listen to your podcast in the past, you're like, seemed overwhelmed yeah but then you step back two years later like if i listed you two years ago till now you're like <laughs> totally different person about what you're doing right you yeah. seem much more confident and that's all it takes you just gotta dive in there and, and at least try right
3: yeah that's so cool for you to say too because um i promise i'm still overwhelmed but <laughs> there is a uh a weird thing that happened to me kind of over the past week, um, where I was kind of trying to speak up and advocate for um, a better, you know, lightning fee strategy on the podcast index node because it came to my attention that a lot of people were, you know, getting route failures where they used to not get route failures and uh, comes to find out that the fees on the node are uh, abnormally high for, for the rest of the network. And so I'm just kind of doing my best to advocate like maybe there's a better solution for that. And I'm tr- I'm looking around like trying to get back up, like kind of realizing that nobody has the node and routing and channel management experience that I do. And I'm still seeing myself as this like newbie entry-like guy, you know. And right. I'm like, come on, like all the other guys that are running lightning nodes. And like they're looking at me like, dude, we're following you. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm not gonna, you know what I mean? Like, I just yeah, had this fucking, yeah. I had this mind fuck moment where I was like, holy shit, like, I don't feel like a leader in this space. I'm too new in this space. Like, um, And it's a weird spot to be in, you know? We're just trying to make it happen one day at a time. Like, I don't, you know, I wish that uh, I had a fucking sensei. Like a lightning sensei. A lot of this stuff has just been me going into the jungle with a machete. And the like, magic
0: eight ball. I thought you had the magic eight ball. Yeah. The so, magic tell eight ball. Telling you what to do.
3: Well, it's been very coy with me lately. I I actually thought, uh, it came to my memory, that we had a little book. You remember the book? I do. We had a predictions book. We had a book. It was green. We had a book that we would write down all of the questions we'd asked the eight ball and kind of the results. And uh, we had decided we were going to go and, you know, track its accuracy or whatever. And I haven't seen that book for a while, but it's been about the same amount of time that the eight ball has not been giving me straight answers. Like every time I shake it lately, it's going to be like, can't tell you now, or, you know, try again later. All of those questions <laughs> that like aren't, or all the answers that aren't answers. right. Yeah. So I gotta find the damn book.
0: I, I, I don't even shake it
3: anymore because like, it's been so many times.
0: Maybe you just need to switch to Ouija board. I don't
3: know. That could be. Lorian <laughs> is the Ouija board expert uh, in this house.
0: <laughs> nah, <it's>
1: not. Not.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I've never really played as much, let's say, with the Ouija board. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> so I guess... No. I'm, oh, sorry, go uh, ahead.
0: No, go ahead, go ahead, go
3: ahead. I was just thinking about the decentralization, and I'm, like, trying to sort of play the future scenario, right? Um, I think there's this, I don't know, everyone thinks that there's just going to be a big event, and, like, all of a sudden we'll be, like, in the apocalypse, but I don't think the apocalypse happens in a day. I think that the apocalypse has, like, been rolling out, you know? Like, we've been yeah. fucked around. This whole COVID, whatever the fuck just happened, like... We done been fucked around, but yeah, it's like it's going down. It's been going down. Like the thing is on, but you know, to look back two years ago and know that like there's never gonna be a time where we're living back then. That no, that no, era, I, that era is gone. We have left that era.
0: Yeah, um, I re- I reflect on that often too, and it's just like I, maybe that was like sort of my my come to Jesus moment was. You know, we've been running farmer's markets and doing this and doing that and, and trying to side hustle a little bit of beef, pork, chicken here and there and everywhere. And, and when COVID hit, and I, I just thought, well, what the fuck are we going to do now? Right. And then when they had that lockdown, it's like, it's almost like to to the date today, right? I think it was like March 13th, yeah. 2019 or 2020, whatever. And they locked down and like my phone just started blowing up. You know, people were scared to go to the grocery store here to go anywhere where other people were and at that time I was still like nervous about letting people around me sure but i just lived so so remotely anyways I was like whatever if you guys need stuff so keep like literally people and i live on a back road in the middle <laughs> in the middle of nowhere people i never met before were like driving in my driveway and i had probably I had like a 16 by 20 just what, what we call the meat shed where I stored everything for farmers markets so there's at any time there's probably i don't know a couple thousand pounds of stuff in there in like three days it was gone wow. and so i was like what's going on here you know like people trust to come here versus going to some huge supermarket in town where you know you can definitely walk in there and get stuff but they didn't want to right so you know we kind of just we'd always been tossed toss around the idea of Having a retail space in our little uh, New England esque town, even though we're in Pennsylvania, it's it's a New England town. I I know Dorian's from Mass. She's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd lived in Vermont for a number of years, too. And and it's kind of a different culture up there versus anywhere in the uh, rest of the United States where you have the town green and we have a town green here. The churches kind of border the town green and everybody has their little farmers market there and they're like and especially in Vermont with like selling patchouli and whatever whatever else, who knows. (laughs) But there were a few people selling me and and sort of took that in. I said, I can do that here, right? So we had we had done the farmers market and next thing you know, there's people pouring in the driveway to buy a couple pounds of burger. So we ended up buying a commercial building in town just out of more or less people supporting us and saying, We want to see this and it's not like hippy dippy people, it's not like Democrats, not Republican, there's no it's not like any political or any other affiliation like that. It was just like people wanted you to or wanted us to, to have a place where they could get our stuff more easily. So you know, when <clears throat> when everybody else supports somebody like me, that kind of stuff happens. So that's how like the decentralization gets pushed or you can have like a little sunny day in your apocalypse, you know what I mean?
3: Sure. Pew. Ooh, pew's coming in hot. What's yeah. that? Oh, the there's a pew. Sorry, there's a, there's a little boost pew. Uh, row of ducks twenty two twenty two. NetNed says Farmer plus. So, um, yeah, I was trying to think of this this decentralized hellhole p- apocalypse scenario and just like play it forward in my mind and just think like, okay, like just take it. Fast forward 20, 30 years, because the the thing I don't want is to just sit around and shrug like the generations that came before us did and just be like, well, somebody's going to fix it. Or like, well, it'll all work out, you know, like I'm confident. Don't get me wrong. I'm confident that all this work will work out. But the reason I'm confident that it'll work out is because I'm looking around. I'm trying to be diligent. I'm trying to see what's coming down the shoot and being like, no, my kids aren't going to fucking march into this. Uh, I'm not going to go sit them on a conveyor belt and watch them roll down into the fucking machine on this thing. Cause the machine sucks. And I want to help build the systems that are going to ha- like, allow us to have a future, allow my children to have a future. And the part that keeps uh, kind of seeming unsurmountable to me. And I wonder if you have any thoughts about it. It's the energy, and specifically, like, the transport energy for transportation. They're going after... They've been going after combustion engines. They've been going after the oil uh, and gasoline. But, I mean, I can't just get a derrick going in my backyard. I can't homestead the oil crisis. Do you think that uh, we're going to have to, like pony up and learn to ride horses again or like how like how do you see this going down
0: i i don't think it be that i don't think it'll be that drastic but um you know i i think what we're already what most people what most people tell me what they're feeling feeling up filling up their car or truck or or what they feel when they go to the store but at the same time i think we've also had it really good for a really long time i just remember growing up and like you know living on a farm. It was Things were always tight, you know, but we may do with whatever we had. And I think even myself guilty of being like in my adult years and like, Oh, I can just buy this or I can just buy that. I don't need to. So we've, we start to lose a little bit of the ability to, to fend for ourselves. And I think people need to start regaining that and realizing that, you know, I can do this. I can, I can go, um, I can go to a you pick blueberry place and put a bunch of stuff in my freezer and I don't have to buy, you know, like that's just one small example is probably poor, but there's ways to like mitigate even like, you know, you're not going to go full Amish and, right. and <laughs> ride your horse to town or whatever you sure. could, but yeah, there's there's ways to just slowly kind of wean yourself off of, of having to rely on everybody else, I guess. And with and maybe maybe pick the people you rely on instead of sure. just being, I have to go to Wagmans or wherever, whatever your grocery store is. And, and I don't know. that's I just think people have had it so easy for so long that they just have forgotten how to do anything. You know, they've been on a conveyor belt, like you said, dumping Definitely. off the end like cordwood.
3: Um, I think another huge part of it is education and the education system it's not only a money suck especially when you get to secondary education you know after after graduating high school and this big yeah. this big ass pressure like i had this big ass pressure to go to go to university to go to college you know to there was just, like, it wasn't an option. Like, you got good test scores, and you were a smart kid, so you were going to college, and there yeah, was just, that like...
0: this is the way you do. You just, go here... Yeah, there was yep. no
3: other option. Like, there was right. there was VOTech and training, you know, you could learn a trade, but if you were a dumb hick, like, that was kind of the thing, you know? Right. Which, looking right. back now, like, really fucking makes my blood boil, because I I feel like I could have had a lot more real skills... Um, but that was so snubbed and looked down upon, and instead I went to a college, and I did a bunch of fucking drugs and made a you know a bunch of dumb decisions, and um, I mean I learned a lot. I don't really have like regrets over it, but I would have been a much better equipped human being with a better head on my shoulders and much more money in the bank had I not done that. Uh, I would have matured into an adult much quicker and I would have learned the life lessons much faster probably wouldn't have had to learn as many hard ones and above all I wouldn't have wasted so much fucking time.
0: Yeah, that's the thing you don't get so much time, right? That's why you say like all, all the dumb hicks had to go do welding or go do this or go do that. right? And
3: was... HVAC. Or... And that's
0: what I've always said about like my little small town you know was sort of the whole thing about Farmer Todd was was uh, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a joke because people would see me at the farmers market and be like, "Oh yeah, that's the guy that sells meat. What's his name? Todd. Yeah, Farmer Todd." Nice. It, was, it wasn't like they put. I wasn't a person to them, right? I was just Farmer Todd, just dumb Farmer Todd, right? Sure. So we just kind of like, my wife hated it. My wife's a teacher too, and she hates teaching, by the way. So. <laughs> it would be tough this to is, teach. This is another reason why we're trying to get you know start the store and and doing what we're doing and moving forward with that stuff but you know just like i was just like fuck it i'm just gonna embrace it like i'm farmer todd and yeah you think you're making fun of me i I think i have one up on you because i do have an education and i have busted my balls for the last 20 years to get where i'm at yeah you know so so that like the dumb hick mantra just it it kind of annoys me but at the same time i kind of enjoy it because when people point and say oh look at the dumb hick it's like yeah. You don't have any idea, and like, look at the reverse, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what does every dumb hick think about some kid that grew up in the city? Like, yeah. I would much some metrosexual. You know what I mean? When I was right. also, look at that, bro. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. Let's throw right back at them.
3: Yeah. Well, there's a lot so. of there's a lot of midwits too who um, <laughs> perceive themselves as very smart when they are of exactly average intelligence, which...
0: Right, right, for sure.
3: It gets very fucking old. Um, I don't know. For me, I've always had a kind of identity crisis or whirlwind or I don't know what. I, I grew up in a small town on the... I call it the southern edge of nowhere. It's not... You're not quite into nowhere yet when you get off of the exit, but if you go to the next town north, then you're in nowhere, so it's like... I graduated. Yeah. I graduated on the southern edge of nowhere, and so I grew up in a suburban environment, but went to school with you know rural kids and suburban kids, and then you know now I live in the inner city, and so I've like lived and experienced it all, and
0: you're a crazy man.
3: I feel I feel <laughs> much more comfortable in the woods, to be honest, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I also I, I fuck I live in the hood straight up, and. You know, I don't think that this is a sustainable spot to live forever. But I also don't think, I also think the city can be better. Like, the city has been getting better in this general area because of things, just like you're saying, because of farmer's markets just north of me and Ivanhoe. A farmer's market where people are actually growing food on small lots in the city. Uh all of these little steps where people are, you know, helping their neighbors out or putting in work in the actual neighborhood, thinking local, unplugging from, uh, you know, some of the hyper centralized options. And so I'm kind of torn. Like, yeah, I want to flee and escape and uh, get my kind of dream spot, but I also want to make here a better place too, if I can, you know. Um, yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, maybe that maybe that's your spot. You know, maybe there's, maybe that's your calling, and you just gotta kind of embrace whatever's been handed to you. And, and I don't know, make it better. That sounds cool though. Like that makes me feel good that people in cities or or suburbs or wherever are taking initiative to put yeah. that upon themselves. so I
3: I think there's curb. a. I always joke and call it the late awakening. Right? It's not a great awakening. It's just a late awakening. But there is a there's a big thing going on that a lot of people are feeling. And, you know, I'm not thinking most people, an overwhelming majority of people are still just lockstep with whatever the you know, they're already on to changing their profile picture to blue and yellow and all this shit. But (laughs) there's it doesn't feel lonely to be a freak on the outside like it did five years ago. It doesn't oh, yeah. it doesn't feel as lonely out here which is very yeah, encouraging. Being
0: weird starting to become mainstream right
3: Yeah We're like and the and,
0: first the first people there
3: <laughs> Yeah and and weird not in just like a meme like outer appearance way of weird like there's so many normies that front as weird it just is kind of like hilarious to me it's just like oh because I am a chick and I shaved my head and I dyed it a shitty color and then I uh <laughs> you know, go by a new name now, like, that makes me weird, or, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a dude and I paint my fingernails and that makes me weird now, like, yeah, it's not really, it's like, these people aren't weird when you talk to them, they're just, like, all on the hyper-normal thing, they're all unplugged into mainstream whatever the the thing of the week is, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm Probably talking, crazy. like long-term down-to-clown weirdos, man, who just don't give a fuck, and, like, something can come <laughs> along, and they're just not moved by it because they got their own thing, you know? They're, like, actual individuals. Right. And uh, that's that's what we always appreciate about uh, you, too, and, and all, all the bowlers, that especially the people that call in. I Usually when we have a new bowler in for the first time, we kind of discuss, like, origin story stuff of, like, how uh we came on one another's radar but i remember i remember for you man it was uh in a big way that that one voicemail that you left one night and i don't know you had like some gummies going or something and you were just telling this story and then i think like your phone cut out and just the perfect uh just the perfect time to be just like so uh, utterly hilarious man <laughs> Still one of my yeah. favorite voicemails that we've ever gotten.
0: Nice. Yeah, I think how did I find you? Probably you know, when I started listening to Agenda, maybe one of your uh meetup meetup things or Yeah. You hear this you hear this dude like it was like a higher production <laughs> uh meetup thing. I was like, Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> so, you know, bowl after bowl dot com. So you go check it out. Yeah. And I'm listening to them. I'm like, who are these stoners? And then I started listening. I'm like, wow, these guys have like legit. And then I figured out how young you were. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, the world could be saved if there's stoners that are actually interested in seeing the world a better place. And like, I don't like sort of like your libertarian views more or less. And, and, just the research I think that you've done so in, in your episodes is has sort of hooked me to what you guys are doing and I always, I keep listening and I'll just like I said, like I binge like I binge different podcasts so yeah. I won't listen for a few weeks and then, then I'll listen to like five episodes in a row or whatever and
3: that's how I am with a lot. Um most of the stuff nowadays I listen to is live and so I'll like catch it when I can catch it live. And I prefer the live experience, but then for the recorded stuff, I do binge and catch up. And the perfect example of that is uh, the show Bimrose does, Angry Tech News. And those are nice because they're like 15 to 20 minutes. And I'll just like oh, okay. catch up like a month and a half all at once, you know? And so then it'll Right, like, right, right.
0: Just um, in a couple hours.
3: Yeah, just like slam it down. So I totally get that. But I also kind of feel what you were saying earlier about how like, You've got this farmer Todd persona, and like maybe you don't really identify as that, but you just lean into it because it's like, you know what that's how I'm perceived and maybe that tells me something maybe that gives me somewhere to start like for me the the main thing I ever really cared about was getting weed legal and um, just making sure people weren't locked up and thrown away for it. when I was uh, at summer camp in Boy Scouts the last year I went. Um, uh, one of my best friends got hauled off in front of everybody on Visitor Sunday for having a little pot, you know, and right. it made me so fucking mad. That day I decided that, like, even if pot wasn't, like, cool anymore, I didn't want it, like, I just kind of decided, like, as long as it was still illegal, I would just keep smoking it because fuck these people. And um, from there, like, when I went off to college, I got involved in normal, and it was really the only thing in college I did looking back that I'd like feel good about or like, you know, was like, well, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I met everybody I met in that movement. I'm glad that I lobbied everywhere. Like that was, that was a real thing that I did. And then it's hard because you talk to your family or you talk to friends, you talk to other people and you kind of bring that up and it's like, oh yeah, legalize pot, right? Like who gives a fuck about that? Uh, it's sort of like a meme issue or a joke. Like it's like a comedic thing already. And rolling it into the podcast, I just figured like, if that's what I lead with, then the people that I don't need around will already write me off. Like the people that will see that and just like write it off, that's already like a good external filter to keep like the level of uh, unseriousness that comes with that is actually I found over the years to be like a, a pretty good defense.
0: You feel like when when people have a certain perception about you initially, I feel like you have one up on them already. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you're, you're, because they, they're, they're like, a, they're only looking at you like in one dimension, maybe.
3: Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, what, they,
0: don't, they don't understand like there's a lot, a lot more stuff going on and there's a lot of reasons why you've got to this position or, or whatever, you know?
3: Sure. And it's, there's just so many things that branch out of it. I mean, you mentioned libertarianism and, uh, I think the broader idea of, of liberty, I think libertarianism in and of itself has kind of become a meme. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Especially I think that was like at something the, that we all kind of like lean toward because we didn't want to. For me, I guess maybe certainly didn't want to lean left, and then where else do you go? Sure, do you exactly. Lean right. I mean, and then there's something else to fill the void that was kind of well, okay. I'm interested in this person, but yep. Then you're like, man, this doesn't really make much sense
3: either. <laughs> it's just wild cuz I I've, I've been to, to the fucking spicy core center of all this shit, you know, like the weed movement itself and and we got a little bit jaded and came back recently, but uh, also libertarianism like Lorraine and I were delegates for Missouri at the 2016 convention and I didn't uh I didn't register as a libertarian, although as a delegate you had to pay party dues, so I did pay the party dues to go to the convention. But, like, I never switched. When I when I first registered to vote, because they make you do it in the high school, uh, I registered independent and... Same. And, you know, come to find out years later that it's sort of what John C. Dvorak recommends of unaffiliated is actually the move, because independent, yeah, yeah. independent yeah. is also it's a, a party.
1: party. Yeah, I didn't know that yeah, when yeah. I registered.
0: <laughs> but... Right, so that's where I was. Like, I was registered independent forever, and yeah. then... When I got back here, like in my hometown, and I couldn't, I couldn't vote in the primaries locally. I was like, "Well, oh, this is stupid." Yeah, that part. And then sucks. I switched to Republican. I was like, "Yep, yeah."
3: I would probably have switched if if uh, there were voting restrictions around here, but luckily Missouri has open primaries. So no matter who you're registered as, you can grab any of the ballots. You just have to declare when you walk in which ballot you're voting on. Oh, gotcha. I almost always vote the Democrat ticket just to... Because all the other ballots are kind of irrelevant in my area anyway. Yeah. And then I will kind of, you know, squirb the pick. vote. I will squib the vote right. around, you know. Like, right. I think I put... Uh, oh, who's the Hawaiian chick? Tulsi? Tulsi. Yeah, I think I voted Tulsi in this past one. I voted Bernie the time before <laughs> on the primary. So, like, I voted... In 2016, I voted for Bernie in the primary, and I voted for Gary Johnson in the in the general. And right. for me, voting, uh, a lot of it is to just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really feel like I'm tipping the scale in any fucking way. Like, uh, I, the older I get, the more I lean toward no voting. I like the idea. I have a few friends who don't vote on principle. and um, But I've just been such a... Uh, political whore, I guess, for the lack of a better term. Not really, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I just. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, like, I, know. I like to be in the mix and in the conversation. And the way I voted allows me to make arguments that shut people the fuck up, you know? Because yeah, I can go in, fun. I can go in as a. Uh a guy who voted Trump last cycle and say, you know, I vo I voted for Obama and then Gary Johnson. I voted for Bernie in the primary and then I saw him get fucked, and that's why I, you know, like Bernie people, I always BTFO because it's like, Oh yeah, I voted for Bernie too in the primary in twenty sixteen. The only time sane people could have maybe done that. You know. Even though I yeah. knew he was like a socialist jerk off the whole time, you know, but I did it because i can come from a certain spot now in an argument and i can say uh no i'm also one of you but i saw the light <laughs> the first time and uh why are you still fucking stupid like he fucked us all don't you remember when he fucked us all i supported him too yeah, at one point right. don't you remember when he fucked us all
0: yeah like, right yeah you could, you have some you've got some leverage there you got some weight behind that
3: right like i could be like you know i i've i've, I've punched my card on that side you know Whereas I, I see a lot of guys who fall into just deep ruts of whatever, like dudes who have been voting up a party for 30, 40 years, you know? And I'm like, dude, what is this shit done for you, man? Like, how do you, you don't even have any leverage it, uh, politically or uh, intellectually. Like your thoughts are all captured even.
0: Yeah. That's like my grandmother. I, I remember one of the first times I, was gonna go vote and she's like it's really easy all you have to do is check Republican at the top (laughs) (laughs) there's no discussion about it you just check the
3: Republican mark at the top in and out in in a couple seconds (laughs) my grandma and grandpa up in Iowa are the same way for Democrat they're just like always Democrat and I'm like oh yeah Democrats uh, JFK was cool (laughs) like what the fuck what have they put up since him yeah. And even that um, guy, you know, had his problems and his issues. But I still right. think that, uh I still think that had he been playing full globalist ball, they wouldn't have had to kill him, you know? Um, right. I still firmly believe that. Yeah, had to get
0: people into Vietnam, right? Yep. Sell, sell those guns. Had to, get his, now.
3: had to get his dick wet. Yeah. But I don't know. Politics for me has just become so... Um, it's been so dumbed down that it's not even fun to talk about with uh, 99% of people now, you
0: know? Yeah, it's not even fun to... I think No Agenda and you guys ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was, now I'm just like, that guy's fucking lying. <laughs> Every time I see somebody talk, I'm like, yeah, he's full cool of shit. Yeah. No, That's so funny. But.
3: Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah,
0: it's true.
1: Speaking of liars, doesn't Bill Gates own most of the farmland here in America now?
0: Well, he's bought, I know he has a big holding, I think, like, is it Louisiana Texas border area? Maybe in Texas? And that's been going on for a little while. And, and so I spent some time, like, in the Southwest as well. And, and I always thought that was about water more than anything else. Like, you know, when you buy ground, the water rights. Yep. And I know probably in Missouri, it's not as big a deal. And, and certainly, Lauren, from living in the Northeast, there, we have no shortage of water up here. Like, there's water everywhere, right? Yep. But when you're in West Texas or or Utah or wherever, water's everything. You can buy ground in Utah for $5 an acre, but but there's no water with it. It's worthless, right? So I think that's his play. Like, he just is buying up all this ground and... and I'm sure he's got the water rights. I don't know what else he would do with it. Like Warren Buffett Jr., same way I think he owns a ton of ground, probably in Iowa and I think eastern Nebraska. I don't know if their I don't know what their play is. It's just they're not making new farm ground either. So, you know, right? Yeah,
3: I don't, I don't with, think with wheat.
0: I I mean I was just looking at the it used to be Chicago Board of Trade, but they call it the CME index now, and wheat went to. $14, 15 $16 dollars a bushel, so that's like 62 pounds of, of wheat in a bushel, where a year ago we sold wheat for $6.50 a bushel, wow. and that was ridiculously high then, and I was like, man, I should have planted some more wheat, but it was just so wet here, we couldn't do it, and that all comes from, I don't know, with their stupid Crimea, eastern oh, Ukraine. Right.
3: Mm. The bread and
0: And fertilizer, I think it has more to do with fertilizer than that. Because I don't think you're going to get fertilizer to put on wheat right now. Like, literally right now, they're trying to put fertilizer on wheat all the way across, well, from Texas north to North Dakota. It's all wheat ground, Kansas. They're trying to put fertilizer down. They don't have it. They can't get it. There's a war. What are you going to do? $1,000 a ton for urea, which is a nitrogen fertilizer. You need uh, like 50 pounds of nitrogen to make a decent crop of wheat.
3: Damn,
0: We've mined every single nutrient out of the Midwest for the last hundred years. I think that's why the U.S. was such a superpower for so long. We had a very robust topsoil for a long time. We could feed ourselves, feed everybody else. And we've come to the point where if we don't have those addendums to the soil, we can't compete. We can't. And I think that's one of the, one of the other things that worries me too. We've relied on everybody else across the globe to supply us with every input, and like handcuffed ourselves to let us make our own. That we're now we're have put ourselves in our own, in this predicament on it by ourselves. You know, we we've done it to ourselves. So right,
3: yeah. and th-
0: those guys don't care. You know, China doesn't care. They'll go buy it from Brazil or Argentina or wherever.
3: Yeah, I f- I just feel like we've had such short term policies for so long. Not only as a federal government, but also as a people and as a culture, we've just been like living tomorrow, living tomorrow, taking reverse mortgages out, like uh, by borrowing everything for secondary education, uh, just just consuming and consuming, and we're not we don't give a fuck about. You know, we we had generations who didn't give a fuck about their children's future because they're like, ah, oh, it'll be fine because I was fine. Yeah. And, and it'll always be fine. And right. it's like now... There'll be a job there. There'll be
0: a job, right? There'll <laughs> always be manufacturing. There'll always be this. There'll always be that. And then... No. You just <laughs> get a, it's all gone.
3: Get a degree. You'll get a job. You want to get a degree because you'll get a good job. I mean, that right. was the whole point behind it. It's like, you don't want a bad you'll job.
0: Make... You want a good You'll job. You'll make five million dollars more in your lifetime if you get a degree versus not getting one. Well, that's pretty hard to argue, right?
3: Right. <laughs> yeah, and then Except. you show up and you're like, "Oh, wait a fucking second! I've been swindled."
0: <laughs> yeah, the uh, the university has made a good amount of money. No shit. Taking tax, taking subsidies, state subsidies the whole time.
3: Yep. Yeah, there's uh, the, they're public universities, so they get a big chunk. Uh, they hassle alumni for money, so then they get another big chunk. And then they still charge the students for fucking you know, the next decade to twenty years of their life, maybe sometimes more. Yeah. On top of all that fucking money. Yeah. And what do you get out of it? I mean you get a you get a sick gym to go to and you get a <laughs> fucking badass uh Food court to stuff your face with. I with mean, the,
1: processed crap though. Yeah, it's still Chick-fil-A, man. chick
3: It's still all coming off of a goddamn Cisco truck at the end.
0: Yeah, right. Which is, it's funny. You guys eat fast food at all?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> it yeah. happens. Yeah. Less so now, though.
3: Yeah, I eat, or eat far less, and uh, I always feel like shit too. Like I, I almost always regret it. But uh, it's more a situational thing of like, oh, we're driving through this way. Uh, yeah. Hom-nom-nom. Exactly. You know? <laughs> or we're out on vacation. Like, you're,
0: like... No, that's always the hardest part. Like, but bam. when you... That's what I feel like when I travel. Yeah. Like, Damn it, what do I eat?
3: Like, when I'm here, I just eat what I got here, which is, you know...
0: Yeah. But still, when Smoke, I eat... Smoking some stuff, smoking some...
3: That's when it's at its best, and, yeah. Smoking meats... I just wish yeah, I. Seen some of your pictures. They're pretty cool. I wish I bought it off of a dude. You know.
0: Yeah, you got to find somebody. Man.
3: I need my farmer Todd here in Kansas City, and and those those guys are out there. I know I know that they are. I've actually come as, I've come closer than ever before, uh, lately just by finding this beef block guy and a couple of ranchers. So it's like a step that I've been aware of in the back of my mind. I know I have to take and. I want to say that too to people that are listening to this and uh, thinking about this shit. Like it doesn't really have to be tonight and tomorrow, but you have to come to this realization that like, you're going to have, you're going to have to do this, you know, you're going to have to find a guy. You're going to have to grow Uh, some food. You're going to have to get some chickens. You're going to have to eventually do this shit. And um, that's the same thing. I, I feel like it's the same thing uh, with the with the Bitcoin node and, and with getting your money off of this um, off of this <laughs> robbery system. You know, uh, I always got a lot of pushback, and so I stopped. I totally stopped evangelizing Bitcoin. Like I, I had ran out of time to give a fuck about convincing people to start it, and so I don't even tell people to do it anymore. Uh, which, thinking about it now, it's kind of like it's a bad deal. I should still sometimes recommend it because I do believe that it's, it's part of, uh, it's another piece of this whole puzzle we're going to have to build. And, right.
0: uh, but no, I totally agree. You should, you should do it more.
3: It's I'm tough. Tell you that. It's tough because when you tell people about it and they are outside of it or they haven't, you know, played with it, it's like, they don't trust it. And they're like, I don't trust that. I don't want to do that. And you know, your fallback for like, I don't trust Bitcoin is a federal reserve note. You know? Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck do you have to lose, man? Right. And I'm not saying like. But
0: I. That that's. Sometimes that's beyond a lot of people's perception too. It's sure. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean, Federal Reserve? What is that?
3: <laughs> what is that? Yeah, take your fucking wallet out and read that shit. <laughs> it's disturbing, <laughs> dude.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you have to put yourself in an uncomfortable position sometimes and just like sort of push yourself to tell people about it yeah but trying to do and trying to do with agriculture as well like put myself in uncomfortable situations and and try to like i i always have to like just push like local ag your neighbor try to get somebody that's close to you support them so that they're still there there's open ground next to you there's you know just open spaces instead of the next housing development or whatever and and you know little small decentralized food systems that everybody can hook up with and you can be a part of too. So you just got to get in there and do it. Grind it out, man.
3: Get in the car and drive, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious if, if you were talking to a fella who was thinking about making it the year, the season that he finally took the chicken pill and uh, got it going. What, what should I do? I mean, from what I've read, you want to get a coop before you get anything else, because you have to have a place before you get the actual animals. But, like, what's my bare minimum setup for, like, a 5-6 chicken deal going on? What do you think?
0: So, what, what are you thinking? Like, you're just going to get some layers, I'm guessing, right? Is that what you're talking about? Some layer yeah. chickens, or you want yeah. some meat chickens?
3: Uh, probably layers would be my guess. Which, by the way, I don't, I don't know about, like, can you eat them at the end when they get old, or is you that... You can,
0: just- like, they're just, like, soup basically. Okay. Mm.
3: I mean, I'm down with chicken soup, you know? I mean, and I'm also down with, you know, like smoking tough meat for ages until it's like nice and tender. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that, you know, chicken dries out, whereas the other meats kind of have their moisture that you can pull out of them.
0: Right, right, right.
3: But, uh, I don't know,
0: chickens are easy, like, um, you need a little brooder, so just somewhere where they can, and that could be as simple as a large cardboard box with some sort of heat source above it that's very nice and secure that doesn't fall on there on the chicken and burn them up but yeah you need a little coop i guess you probably have neighbors close by right are you allowed to have chickens in your neighborhood i am uh
3: chickens are legal here as long as they're i don't know it's like they got to be feet away from neighbors but uh i've got plenty of room and i know where i do it so i have this the kitchen has a bay window and it does a little overhang over the back of the house. And so they could just go right up under the fucking house in the back.
0: Uh, right. Yeah. If you have a little spot and the, the thing with chickens is they always like you get a brooder, just a little spot where they get, I don't know, price with layers. They, they grow so much slower than meat chickens or meat chickens grow, grow so much faster than layers. But, um, you know, six weeks in one of those little boxes and you just kind of make a bigger box and you have a few cover boxes, just throw them away after they soil them up after a while. And then have your little coop can be as simple as, you know, just like you're saying under an overhang, just somewhere where they can get in and get dry and, and nest. So like something they can be, they don't want to be on the ground. They want to be up Okay. and Something they can clutch their feet around like some dowels or something, and then a couple nest boxes they'll they'll tuck in those and feel safe in there. And they'll always you you can let them out during the day, and they will always come back there at night. That's like their spot, and just lock them up at night. Okay, they're really they're really quite easy to maintain. Nice, but but you gotta but you gotta do it, you know? I mean? Right? Yep. Yep. So many people are they'll get chickens and just like oh I didn't shut the door tonight, and then. Somebody's
3: cat, gets in their raccoon sure, yeah. or whatever. Oh, the cats would, the cats are sons of bitches in this neighborhood for sure. Yeah, feral
0: cats. Yeah, for sure.
3: Uh, I have three dogs too, and I know that they would take a little bit of uh,
1: training. Uh, yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> yeah, they would take a intri- introducing, but they would be cool. I know that they would be cool.
1: Um, yeah, our one dog was born on a farm, so he's always been respectful of birds and farm animals, which is cool.
0: Yeah, so I have Australian Shepherds, like herding dogs, and they'll herd the chickens around. And it's funny because the chickens start getting sick of it, <laughs> and they'll like they'll like go after the dog. <laughs> it's pretty funny, like Mexican standoff or something. Like they're staring at each other. and The next thing you know, the chicken's like pretending to throw spurs at the dog, and the dog just, <laughs> he's jumping around. I think they're maybe they're just having fun. I don't know.
3: yeah i think c dubs is right when push comes to shove the dog has the upper hand but dogs are hilarious in that they don't really they don't have ultimate confidence most of the time
0: yeah right keep them well fed yeah exactly as i tell people rule number one never let a farm dog kiss you oh god Whenever, whenever people show up here oh, your dog's so cute. And they start licking their kid, and I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) That dog was just eating rotten testicles 10 minutes ago. Sorry. Oh,
3: shit. (laughs) 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 So you got, uh, how many kids you got working on the farm?
0: My kids are little. 10, 8, 6.
3: 10, 8, 6. All right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Little trio. Little trio. They can, they can like feed hay to the horses, or my son will, help feed cattle every once in a while. Um the girls kinda take care of the chickens. Like it's kinda weird. We live in the, the compound here where my sisters all live on the farm too. Like I have a brother and two sisters and their families live within like half a mile of me. There's nothing cool. else. There's no there's no other people besides them. And that's
3: that's really cool. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> they all have chickens. So the girls they like taking care of the chickens and and my one daughter really likes the horses, and so we have a couple pastures here by the by the house, by my house. And she like reads stories to them during the day. It's funny. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs>
3: so, and uh, are they in the? You mentioned your wife's a teacher, so are they in the school system? Like, is it like a local? Yeah, they're or a, or
0: a... yeah they're in public school. It's a pretty small school district. I think there's like eighty kids per class, maybe. Gotcha.
3: See, that's something that I would be, like, a lot more open-minded to is, like, a rural school system where you can be involved and where it's not totally fucked. And, uh, you know, if things got too nuts, you could just, like, throw your nuts down on the table and, like, join the school board. Oh,
0: yeah, something. for sure. Like, I know, like, half the school board members probably yeah. personally. Yeah. yeah. And you can just be like, hey, what's up with this? Or, you know, sure. kind of express your disdain or your... Happiness with ever yeah.
3: for our for yeah. our situation where we're in the Kansas City Public School District. There's not an option other than to just teach them ourselves, like homeschooling. Like,
0: yeah, th- there's no. But we're fucking still way. like right there too, though. I mean, I'm still like, ah, you know, they just threw them on computers for the last two years.
3: Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, have you been doing the remote thing, the Zoom school?
0: Well, no, they. I mean, they, we did remote, and they did a hybrid thing, and yeah. We live in like this little quaint town, so a bunch of people move here who are not, you know what I mean? Like
3: yeah, uh oh, a bunch of fucking you know, Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am a Yankee. <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, that's my Missouri going. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, just like yuppie crunchy people who. Sure. Moved out of Philly or Lancaster, or wherever New Jersey. We got a lot of New Jerseyites here, which is, they're annoying.
3: They wanted Sorry, a more. Anybody. They wanted a more rustic life or something.
0: Yeah, right. And they move here, like ah, you, you guys don't have anything cool. We're gonna do this and do that. And <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have concerts and stuff down here. And when you come, you gotta wear a mask. Ah, <laughs> Jesus!
2: <laughs> they won't give it a rest, will they?
0: No. So you know that kind of stuff, but. Yeah. Yeah, we. It's all the other local school districts within the county, which the county is huge, and there's only forty thousand people that lived in our county. Mm. Um, all the two other school districts in the county, like it was always parent choice, except for our district, the county seat, and where all the yuppie crunchings live. We're like, nope, we're wearing masks forever. My wife hated it. She had to wear a mask every day. Did not want to do oh, it.
3: Oh man, I am so grateful that I was not like W2 employed during any of this. Cause I would have, I would have not been, I would have, right. Right. I would have right. been a fucking prick. I know myself. Um, and I just don't, you know what I mean? Like I would have just caused so much fucking friction and made everybody's life even more miserable than it already would have been. And then eventually right. got pushed out or fired or quit, like probably quit. That's usually my style is to get out before they get me out but i just like i can't even imagine like i'm trying to put myself in those shoes i'm i'm glad now that i've got a position where i can like teach remotely which is uh like i i would have said i hated it 2 years ago you know but now it makes it like it makes it possible <laughs> cuz i just right. I would not like i don't know i'm like uh it's 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 those layers of freedom too, you know, like once I stop no, I mean, going and, and to... you have
0: like uh you also have like this yin and yang of like you don't want to wear I mean for for her, she's like, I don't wanna wear it and like at the same time I don't wanna cause a bunch of controversy and like yep. she teaches biology, so she's like, This is stupid. Right,
3: yep. Yeah. It's weird. Really... <laughs> we know these things don't
0: work. Yeah, it'd,
3: and... it'd be very hard in that position to go along and with then, it and then try to like teach people hey this is this is what's real you know
0: <laughs> yeah no,
3: that,
0: that was my only time when i was like forced to wear one because i helped coach wrestling
3: at oh school. yeah and i got gotcha. you
0: so last year not this past season but the season before they only were allowed to wrestle four or five matches and so funny they like Okay, you gotta wear a mask and, and when you go out there you can't shake hands before the match. Oh my god. Uh. But you can
3: grab on each other's. Okay, balls. then go ahead and
0: wrestle. Go ahead
3: and wrestle. It's <laughs> like a fucking a, clown show, isn't it? Like
0: No, and that's what I was like, are are you is this real? Are you yeah. guys actually being serious about this? And then this year, like the school board threw a fit. And they're like, All sports will be wearing masks at all times.
3: What the fuck?
0: And Uh-oh. and our coach, our head coach, was like you do realize that this is, like, really detrimental to people wearing a mask while they're wrestling. It's a very physical sport. Yeah, right? or playing football, like, you or, I mean, yeah, or football, you got a fucking I mean, swim team? Any, really, any sport. you
3: got yeah. a swim fucking team? You can't wear a mask and fucking swim. You're waterboarding yourself at that point.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. What the
3: fuck is up with that? I was a swimmer in high school, and I can tell you, there were there'd be dead swimmers in the pool with fucking masks on. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that shit yeah. works, man.
0: Right, so that was like the one time where I just like grin and take it, and like you know they come in for five minutes and race home and leave. It's like all right, you can take your mask off. So it was funny the little kid, like I am the head of the little kids, K through six, and help out with the varsity and junior high. But like right after Christmas, they're like, oh, everybody has to put your mask back. I'm, I know, blah. I said, we're not wearing fucking masks. So yeah. And they're like, the parents have to wear them in the hall when they drop their kids off, and then all the kids have them and as soon as they came in the gym. I'm like, all right, we're wrestling, take your mask off, and they're like, yay! Nice, yeah, <laughs> so, man, it's yeah, they loved it.
3: I we're not
0: we're not wearing that shit. That's beautiful. Fire, fire, fire the volunteer.
3: And it's cool too that you have the uh, ability to kind of be that guy for them, you know, uh, yeah. to be able to, I don't know, give them relief by, you know, you yourself wearing a mask and rolling your eyes when you like have to do that in order to get into that position. Like I, I'm, I've never been a purist myself, you know, like when it comes to literally anything, like I can see both sides of most issues. I've never been all in or all out. Um, And because of that, like it, I rub a lot of people the wrong way because most people are bought into whatever, you know. Um, whether it be masks or whether it be not masking or whether it be uh, partisan divides or, what you know, whatever. Even in weed, you know what I mean? Even in weed, I've not been one of those guys is like everybody should smoke all weed all the time because it will cure everything kind of guys, you know? Right. I'm yeah, like,
0: you just have to, like, leave your mind open. Like, I understand there's nuances,
3: and I've seen pot do bad shit to people who shouldn't be doing it, but, you know. Like, I've seen people who... Are too addicted to touching their own ween, you know. Like I've seen people who right. are addicted to other stuff that you know sh- shouldn't be hauled too off too to jail. Addicted to their
0: religion, right? Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. I've seen people too addicted to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, <laughs> like there's certain things that you can just overdo, you know. Uh, doesn't right. mean that we gotta fucking lock people up over it or beat them over the head or send them to re- make a big intervention about it, you know people also got their things that they're just going to get a little too into which is which is whatever but oh man no i'm i'm just glad that i didn't have to uh pretend like i'm wearing a mask for um extended hours my uh i have to wear a mask moments all were kind of grocery store runs yeah. and uh i just stopped doing that at one point i was just like nah it's over for you guys you don't have you like you don't have me anymore and i think yeah a lot of people around well, what did anybody
0: do nobody did anything yeah, right no
3: do do no nah, nah, nah. i i was asked to leave one chipotle in waldo which i'll never ever go to ever again i'll never spend another oh, yeah, fucking the dollar day. there <laughs> uh but that was it that's the only places. some people huff a puff and i just say i can't wear a mask and uh for me that statement kind of is just like i can't cuz i've decided to myself that like i can't you know do it and yeah. I could exaggerate some of the medical conditions that I do really have, but uh, the reason I can't wear a mask is cause I decided that I wouldn't, and so then by wearing one, I would be compromising, you know, my beliefs. So I like <laughs> right. I can't like when I say I can't wear a mask, I'm not lying to people. I can't do it. Uh, I can, yeah. I can leave this fucking place uh, for good and forever, and I can be a total prick about it on my way out too. But what I can't yeah. do. Is wear your fucking mask. So, um, I don't know. It's like it's. Uh, I think around here specifically, a lot of people just decided that, and the businesses really couldn't afford to make an issue on it. And I think a lot of the businesses didn't want to fucking play that game anyway, but they were just pressured to by local governments. You know, threatened by by fines. But I think all those threats were empty too, because I don't think anybody was ever. Nobody has ever been t- t- taken to task over somebody walking in without a mask to their facility, you know.
0: Right. I would like to know if anyone has. No, not had around here. Taken to take into, Yeah.
3: At least. Definitely yeah. not
0: here. We're we're still uh, back in the Stone Age. up here in Northern Appalachia. They just always grease and pick, kicking banjos and slapping commies.
3: Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, how long has it been since the last time you slapped a commie?
0: Oh, dude. I have a really long story about that. Okay, I'm into that. <laughs> so it kinda goes back to the whole Farmer Todd thing. Nice.
2: There was a couple
0: that moved here from Cincinnati or somewhere in Ohio. They were like professors and there's a small university that's not too far away. They ended up in Wellsboro and of course I you know, I'm like cornered when I'm at my booth at the farm at the farmers market. So this woman, professor, psychologist, whatever, like, she befriends me. I'm, like, air quoting that. Sure. Like, I can't fucking leave, you know what I mean? So she just, like, comes and hangs out all the time. <laughs> right. Mm. That's your turn. Her and her husband were, like, ridiculous. Like, super, super liberal and, like, I mean, they were fun. They asked us to come out for dinner. So, long story short, we didn't really get along. And they were, like, trying to trying to, like, blue pill us, maybe. Okay. blue pill me.
3: Yeah.
0: And they would, like, my son and her son were, like, the same age. And they, they got along and played together or whatever. And she would be like, do you have any guns at your house? I'm like, yeah, I have a whole fucking safe full of them. Why?
3: Guns in well, my, my son... house?
0: <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, my son wanted to come over to your house, but I don't think that's a good idea.
3: Oh, <laughs> <Okay>. my God.
0: <laughs> so, uh... just to put that in perspective. I would have. And this isn't. In... This is in rural Pennsylvania. I'm like, right? there might be a freaking raccoon tearing into my chickens tomorrow. I'm going to uh, pop that yeah, bitch in the head. You absolutely. know what I
3: mean? Yeah, <laughs> There's like, there's no, you would be a fool to not have a gun in the right, rural right, area. Right. And you'd, by the way, be a fool not to have a gun around where I live, too. Like,
0: <laughs> Right, um, right, yeah, exactly. S- Security guards answer. at the
3: gas station will tell you that. <laughs> they'll be like what the fuck are you doing here uh by yourself without a gun you idiot
0: <laughs> so right before thanksgiving i'm i'm working on our building like we just bought it it needed overhaul i'm like sanding the floors late one night and they're all across the street drinking at the bar and pretty much were not welcome around me but they came with some friends mm. and whatever i can handle it they he, her husband starts raising hell telling me I'm like white privilege blah 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 oh, you know, like literally going like total like just you. I could have spelled it out to the T what he was attacking me about and everybody could too oh yeah great building well oh, this is white privilege blah 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 I'm like dude you need to go you need to get out of my place you're annoying me and he had done this to me several other times in several and other places but this, I could always this just leave this is
3: another white guy right
0: yeah, who he's hates
3: white. he hates himself, but he sees that you're white. He hates white.
0: himself. Yeah, he like thinks he's a punk rocker, has a bunch of tattoos. He was a uh, dean of students at universities. One of them being like Yale.
3: Oh my god!
0: <sighs> ended up here, and I don't know. why He's trying to convert me, but anyways, ended up having a choke slam against the wall. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Remove him from my building. But like I said, like if it had been anywhere else, I could have just walked away. But he's in my place. Yep. And I couldn't leave, and he was threatening me. Yep. it's like time to go, buddy. Never gonna. Happen. Leave.
3: <laughs> yeah, fuck that.
0: That was the last copy I slapped. Nice. <laughs> Thanksgiving.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, call me on your own turf, man. No,
0: no. <laughs> it's like, dude. The funny thing is, two weeks later, they sold their house and left town. Nice. So it Hell worked. Yeah. They were so embarrassed by what happened. This is a true story, man. I, mean, I thing, believe yeah, yeah. They put my banker who lent me the money <laughs> for the building I bought called me and said, actually, he was there when it happened, called me and said, hey, we just bought so-and-so's house. Did you know they're leaving town? Hell yeah. And I said, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, save, <laughs> save your town, slap a commie. There you go.
0: That's right. Dude, you got to do it. Yep. Yeah. Plant an apple tree, slap a commie.
3: I mean, if you're in another man's house, man, like, you keep your fucking mouth shut, even if it's going against everything you believe, you know? No, I know. You're at somebody else's place, dog. Exactly. That was I mean, my point. I don't come into a commie's house and start dumping holy water on their head and all that, you know?
0: <laughs> start flashing Bitcoin. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> I don't go over to fucking... Uh, Cardano guy's house and tell him he has a shit coin and <laughs> rip it out of his hands and make him buy Bitcoin with it. I
0: don't do that. Oh shit, is Darren O'Lewes man?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Nah, mm. oh, man, I just yeah, uh, I just do me and those... then uh, when I'm a, with other people who believe things that are different than me, I can still interact with them as human beings. Like who would have thought oh, of yeah. that? Oh yeah. I don't know. Right. That's, exactly. like, that's like weird for most people now these days. I don't understand, like, what's the deal, you know? Like, we don't all believe the same shit. That's actually positive. Yeah. Like, it would yeah. be, a, it's like a fucking dystopian nightmare if everybody's lockstep in belief. Come on.
1: Yeah, the Borg.
0: Yeah. Oh, makes me sick.
3: It's weird. <laughs> well, hey, at least you're cl- you clean house, man. You clean house.
0: I only had to throw... I felt bad about it for, like, a week man i was like sick over it. i'm like geez.
3: i don't she know like, man
0: sold their place blah, blah, blah. then it, like then i would go places you're like hey man that was awesome i was like okay <laughs> people congratulating me yeah. i really hated those people
3: that's what's great you know Is like sometimes you have to like take one for the team and be the guy that got the egg on his face like putting somebody else in the place but you know like you can't shirk, when it's when it's your turn up to bat, you just gotta, like, grit your teeth and hit the ball, you know, like... Yeah. Because, uh, fuck the alternative. The alternative is to get run over by these fucks when yeah, they're like, in your it? house. I'm not,
0: I'm definitely not taking it, for
3: nah. sure. Nah, me neither, man. I agree. I agree. I've, uh, I've, you know, embarrassed myself at stores before with this mask thing, but, like... No regrets, dude. <laughs> I'm looking back, and I'm like, nah. You know what? I should have been a bigger asshole.
0: <laughs> right, especially now. I and mean, yeah, I mean, just looking back, you and that—that that was a—that was another issue. Like, I like I took the position of the vaccine. Like, I'm gonna wait a year. You know what I mean? That was like sure and sort of like yep. an out, right? I'll wait a year. But it's been a year. It's almost been a year, and we already know. Now.
3: Yeah, yeah, that it's pretty sad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and that's the beautiful thing about waiting a year is you can keep waiting that year. You know, yeah. It's like the tomorrow never comes for, paradox. Like two,
0: we're waiting for two point oh, and I I'm pretty sure it's not coming. Yep. Yeah. No,
3: no, no. They got other things to attend to now. Other things to attend to. I was wondering, yeah. not to uh, change the topic too hard on you, but
0: no, go go for it, man.
3: You were uh, talking earlier about you know wheat and the overwhelming. Um, amount of nitrogen you really just need to even produce it and i've heard from a lot of people that basically the like the current modern wheat that we grow is useless or bad for you or not the same as wheat pre-70s or something like what's the wheat pill do you know more information about this because i've i've heard it from a lot of people but i can't really wrap my brain around it i've also heard that like you can't grow wheat without a permit or that it's illegal to do so. No, uh, um, that,
0: that's all bullshit. Okay. Anybody can grow wheat. So wheat, winter red hard or red soft winter. wheat is usually planted late in the fall. It goes dormant through the, through the winter here. It's actually a Mediterranean or like Southwestern Asian cultivar. Okay. That's where it came from.
3: Interesting. Um, Makes sense with that,
0: and that freezing or that dormant period makes it so. It's an so it's an annual. So it only grows one year. It won't, you know, once it grows and, and goes into senescence, and then makes its fruiting body, which is the head of the wheat,
3: mm-hmm.
0: it dies. Um, wheat doesn't take as much energy as or nitrogen as corn, and and uh, usually it's grown on a rotation. Like certainly in the Midwest, it seems to be like corn, soy, wheat in that rotation. Yep. And that's just, that's all they grow. Dry land wheat is very popular just because they get snow in the winter. And that wheat will use, their entire moisture comes from snow from some, from from the wintertime. They won't get any, you know, a few spring rains, but where that wheat grows, they don't see any summer moisture with it. But at that point, it's already... To the point where it's going to be harvested. So uh, um, modern wheat has, it's not, there's no GMO wheat. They've, what they did was irradiate it with, uh, with they they exposed tons and tons of seed to radiation over time huh. in order to get rid of, uh, has a really big big problem with fungus. Okay. That was a whole thing, air dot fungus.
3: Yeah. Which that's... they
0: think was, which I think was the thing that made uh, all the Salem witch trials. They, they thought they were, like, right, tripping st- on the air. Right, yeah. st. Uh-huh.
3: st. Elmo's Fire as well. That's where acid comes from, actually.
0: Yeah. So it's a bad deal. And you have all these acres of wheat, but there's only certain percentage of that wheat that makes it the flour because humans can't consume that wheat with that fungus in it. Right. Or else we'll all go crazy.
3: Seems so to be they unavoidable either way.
0: Yeah, they load it up with a bunch of fungicides. I mean, everyone says don't eat meat, but I look at plants, I'm like, man, you're buying plants in the store? Right. There's 20 times as many chemicals on plants that are sitting on the produce shelf at a grocery store than there is that cut of meat sitting in a deli. Yeah. Tons and tons.
3: It's nuts. So by uh, having been exposed to all this radiation or being radiated... Um does this void it of its like nutritional value? Does it uh... No,
0: they were so that was like they were trying to that was when they were trying to make different seed wheat. Okay. Different like uh so they were exposing it to radiation in order to mutate it. Gotcha. So they and then they were trying to find those specific plants that didn't uh that weren't affected by the fungus. Okay, and that's where we're, that's where all of our modern wheat came from.
3: I see. So they kind think, of, they picked a survivor, or they picked a winner, genetically.
0: Yeah, it was like Madame. Cur- not, it wasn't Madame Curie, but just imagine like Madame Curie like throwing a bunch of X rays on bushels of wheat, and be like, all right, go plant this and see which ones aren't affected by fungus next year. The we'll new- keep those and plant. Them.
3: The nuclear uh, the nuclear era of science, especially when it was first started, had to be one of the strangest fucking eras yeah. of science. Like, Curie was like, pretty much bathing in liquid radiation for most of her scientific career.
0: Yep.
3: It's so crazy. Enough. So crazy. Do you, do you own a microwave? How do you feel about microwaves?
0: I We do not have a microwave.
3: Interesting. We were just talking haven't about this. I haven't
0: had today. one for like 25 years, probably.
3: Nice because we were thinking about getting a little like smaller oven and replacing our microwave with it um and i don't know this is one of those things you know it's like uh i i have these inklings or these feelings right of like this could be real or this could be true or this could be a direction i need to go but then finding out why or the details over it like like just something simple of like M- microwave bad microwave seem bad <laughs> microwave use radiation on food that seemed bad, but uh, try to find some fucking information on it. You know, good luck. Yeah. You'll find what whatever you want to find, whatever your conclusion is or whatever your inkling is, you'll find that. Yeah. yeah. So if you think ah oh, microwave not that big of a deal, then you'll find that. If you think ah oh, microwave killing us all, you'll find that. Uh. <laughs> And for me, like, I'm kind of one of those guys where it's like, uh, <laughs> microwave make food for 30 years in my belly. Like, <laughs> can't yeah. be that bad, you know?
2: <laughs> no,
3: microwave is good. Yeah, microwave make food hot
0: fast. Microwave. The come and go, come and go burritos taste good in the microwave, right? <laughs> no doubt. That's the you best. guys have come and goes there? Where the hell was I? So James, That was wild are... I, I can't remember where... You have where Ivies, right? We
3: do have yeah, Hyve.
1: common
3: Come and Go doesn't...
1: Is that north of here? There
3: might be a couple of them. Like, they're not... This isn't Come and Go territory, but you can find them. They're, like, in certain places. Right. And you always like, hee when you drive by one. But uh, Quick Trip is the king of the game out here. for season, Sheet. for We have Sheets. Sheets? I've been to a few Sheets, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the first time... Oh my god, this is showing off my... Uh it's not white privilege it's fat privilege. Uh I the first time I ever ordered a touchscreen uh convenience store food order was at a Sheets.
1: Yeah, we went. Nuts. And I
3: swear dude, I was so into it. I probably spent like $28 on the fucking Sheets bullshit food.
0: Back in, like, 2005, right? Like, oh,
3: my God, you can get chicken on strips and chicken wings, but you can also get fried cheese. Oh, my God, I loaded up. My neck is swelling just thinking about it.
0: (laughs) So, do you guys have a big freezer at your house? Like a deep freeze? I don't. A chest freezer? We
1: keep looking at them, though. That's
3: what I keep looking at when I go to Menard's. There's yeah. like, they've got a nice one. It's like, uh, fuck was it? I don't know. It's like 14, like 14 cubic footer, I think, I want to say.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, that's
3: a big one. And uh, nice one. it was like 600 and some change dollars. And I'm like, yeah, yeah we, that, could,
0: we can make that That's happen. huge. You could put like half a cow and a whole pig in that one.
3: Bet. I'm th- I really want one. I really want one. Uh, you do it. Mousy Bear says get one used, and I like that angle. Uh, I find, you know, my dad gave me, so we had, we have like a big ass fridge upstairs and it's like the double doors up top and the f- drawer freezer at the bottom, which I, I love that setup and the drawer freezer at the bottom, it, it, it can hold a lot of shit. I don't know exactly the cubic feet of, on it or anything. Right. And then I got my dad, I got my dad's old fridge. He gave me that, which has a freezer on top. It's like the old school one. It's the one that was in the house I grew up in. And that thing is a trooper, dude. That thing works at least as good, if not better, than the one that I bought. You know, five, five years. six years ago. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, just to put it in perspective, and I want to drive this home, especially to anybody who's like listening. So, if you go to, a, I think you you talked about the grocery store, and you were buying strip steaks or or whatever steak, and you're paying twenty bucks a pound. Yep. So currently what I, what I do is sell like halves like locally or whatever into restaurants, like halves of beef at two forty five a pound for the hanging weight. Right. Okay. And then they pay the processing through the butcher and we take all our stuff through a, through a federally inspected facility. It's a small family place. Like they, they kill like 10 beef a week or 12 and, you know, turn hogs or whatever and cut them off. And it's really nice, cool family. Um, they just changed hands like the, the father just handed it down to the kids and the kids are like the dad's 10 years younger or 10 years older than me and the kids are 10 years younger than me. So it's kind of cool. Like I'm like in the middle and, and get the deal with them both and it's been a lot of fun. And so like a 600 pound carcass times 245 is about 1100 bucks. Okay. Right. And, and you lose about when it gets cut and wrapped, you're paying like a dollar a pound roughly with the fees and stuff. So when I say cut and wrap, they're cutting it, vacuum seal, they freeze it, box it all up. And then I go over to the butcher shop, pick it all up, bring it back to my place. And I have freezers to store it. And then I call them on. be like, Hey, your beef's ready. They get a, they get a half a beef for 1100 or a quarter for like 550 or five hundred and sixty bucks. Right. What it works out to per pound is about $5 per pound of consumable meat before you put it on a grill gotcha. or a pan or whatever. Sure. And I don't think I've seen anywhere where you can buy a really nice cut or a very nice pound of ground beef for five bucks that you know where it came from. It's going to be good. It's going to be tasty. Supporting your neighbor or whatever for that kind of money.
3: That's true, man.
0: You're going to, you're, you're saving so much over the course of that quarter beef. You think about all these little hiccups we're having lately with, you know, geopolitics where all of a sudden gas goes from three bucks to five, you know, you got stuff in your freezer that gets you through, you know, six months or sure. four months or three months or whatever it kind of buffers you and, and saves you from all those highs and lows. So just Keep that in mind when you look at a freezer or whatever. You're like, oh, 300 bucks or 600 bucks for a freezer. But I make a lot of money. I could take the same half of beef and retail it through the store. The same amount of meat would cost another $1,000.
3: Man. Yeah, that's wild to think about.
0: Yeah. So if you bought two quarters a year, you would cut your grocery bill by two grand.
3: Yeah, that's something that we we've been aware for a couple of years minimum that we need to get on that train um it just hasn't really come to fruition yet but uh mainly cuz i need to find a guy but i'm i've i've got some ideas and i know who to talk to now so that'll be the next thing we make happen for sure um eggs pissed me off this year cuz that's something that shot way up uh the grocery right. the grocery so store egg like, was
0: like six 2 months ago. ago right bought something six months ago you'd probably be sitting on you know an extra if you were spending that same money on meat, and, and that that's the other thing people are like well i'm just not gonna eat Going to eat ants or whatever they're fucking eating now i don't know sure
3: right maybe i mean uh there can be the ant eating club I, i'm not i'm not into it i just think that would take too fucking long get full off ants bro eat.
0: <laughs> get all full up yeah, don't yeah. Unless know. they like
3: mush them into a big paste that you can really like get into a spoon. Well, like I don't see right. it happening,
0: right? And humans don't. You know, we're not built. I mean, certainly we're built to eat protein, but and I'm not knocking any vegetarians at all. But you got to get your protein from somewhere, and sure, it's more it's more efficient from an animal. You just have to find it from an ethically raised. Person.
3: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I've seen I've seen both sides of it. I've seen really great places that do great things, and I've seen some really shitty operations too. And it's I understand people's frustration with it, you know. So I'm trying to fill that gap, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's what people need to know. Agenda people and bull after bowl. people need to find those people and support them and and lift them up, you know.
3: For sure. Yeah, I think this is a. <laughs> it's been a crucial time, but you know, it, things have been fucked for a long time and it's really hard to pinpoint that kind of a thing or where did it start? Like it's a sort of a thing that's been happening for so long since way before,
0: yeah. way before. Yeah, we were yeah, That, uh, Yeah. And the, all these old guys that are been doing it for that long and this is how we do it. And that's, that's it. There's no questions. This is, this is it.
3: Right. Yeah. I'm always open to, uh, what can we do better? You know? what uh because yeah. because really it's it's one thing to sit around and bitch about oh this is wrong and this person's an idiot who's in power and uh you know this policy is shit and this war is bullshit and but it's like all right yeah we can all agree on that but but what does it mean like what do we do about it what is the what is the call to action for that you know just right, like right. say things suck like any any asshole can say everything sucks like That's quite easy.
0: Yeah. That's the easy road, right?
3: But uh, what are we going to do to unsuck it, man? Yeah. You got to stay up and tell them they can't suck us. You can't suck me. (laughs) Like you did to that commie in your building, man. Slap a commie. Just got to slap them, you know? They're out of line. They're out of line. So, uh, big plans for the future. I we didn't talk about your maple syrup operation oh, yet. Oh,
0: the
1: medicinal maple
0: syrup. The medicinal. I was just thinking about that too. Garrett, my brother, he's up there boiling right now. His finger is still intact. Oh, he's right. All right.
3: Okay, but yeah, well, how did that all go down? You told me that. <laughs> you told me that he almost I damn near chopped his finger off.
0: I thought he chopped it off. Here we had a bunch of split wood. He was like splitting wood, but he didn't hit it with an axe. He was trying to throw it in the evaporator and like really dry wood that split has these really sharp edges. Yeah. He hit the edge of the opening to the fire door, like throwing it into the fire, hit it and his finger ran down the side <gasps> of a sharp split edge of dry ash wood. Mm. And it damn it took it right down to just about nothing. Ooh. Was it flopping?
3: It was there, like, extra meat of flopping on it?
0: It didn't look... I mean, it, it was a nice, sharp, clean cut. It was, like, if you look at your index finger, that first joint... Yeah. Like, went right across that joint, like, basically all the way <gasps> to the bone, all the way around. Oof. But the syrup, Yeah, the maple the syrup, syrup's yeah. going good. syrup's going good. Oh, man. That was a... The hell, with Garrett's Figure the syrup's doing well. Yeah. The, no, we we had a really good day today. I um I was up until three last night and boiling and got up at six and started again. But so what's
3: that all about? Yeah, you got to just keep that thing boiling for for ages. Like, how does this?
0: What's the process, so, man?
3: You start at the tree, right?
0: Start at the tree. Yeah, we put some taps on the tree. We have run pipeline on uh, about ten acres or maybe a little less. And it all runs to one central point, and it's it's all you guys. I'm sure you guys have seen it up in certainly in Massachusetts, like those little blue lines that are running through the woods and uh, the taps are in the trees, and it all runs down to a big tank. And uh, I built a vacuum system, so it pulls it pulls the it pulls the, uh, it pulls the sap through the line. So it puts a negative pressure at the tap, which tricks the tree into thinking there's a, that's how has to be warm during the day for the trees to start releasing the sap, and then it freezes at night. There's, like, this freeze thaw. It only happens this time of year. Okay. From, like, Valentine's Day to, like, the first of April. Huh. That's the only, that's the only time you can make maple syrup. Damn, I didn't well, know that. And so you get a bunch of sap, and it takes about 40 gallons of sap to make one gallon of maple syrup. Holy oh, shit. Get, so today we had... Six or seven hundred gallons of sap, and so it takes about an hour to boil sixty to seventy gallons off. So every hour we can get like one gallon.
3: Whoa! It's
0: a lot of wood. It's a lot of wood. I bet. I just bought. I bought a o- reverse osmosis system yesterday. To and the reverse osmosis basically takes the water out of the sap, so you can take your. The sap coming out of the tree is like 1% to 2% sugar, and you need to take it to 54 to make syrup. So if you cut the water from 2% to 4%, yeah, that's half, half as much boiling you need to do.
3: Oh, nice. <laughs> that makes sense, yeah.
0: Right. Get so, the water out
3: beforehand rather than get,
0: after. Yeah, right, before you get it in there. And actually, it makes a better quality syrup, too, because it doesn't oh, yeah. sit on the fire as long.
3: I love the RO. The RO, uh, we've got one in the... In the kitchen, uh, RO filter. Nice. It's the ultimate in uh, filtration. Right. That's cool. That so, makes sense.
0: Yeah, we had a, a gangbuster day of sap, and I was dragging the kids around and making them do stuff, and they were pretty annoyed with me by the end of it. But we had <laughs> a lot of sap. Garrett's still there. He's up there. I can see the stack from here, and Dang. steam is pouring out.
3: So you said you had it boil until 3 a.m. and then you went back at 6 a.m. Yeah. What? Yeah. Does it just, are you sleeping and the fire's going? Is it still kind of boiling and you what? No,
0: you're busy the whole time. I, I like lose track of time. Like I'm yeah. in there and like, get this much done, this has to be done. be know, you're just kind of running all over, making sure it, I've got hydrometers on several spots and there's floats in different pans and it's coming in at the top. It's like, 32 degrees Fahrenheit and it has to hit 40 before it goes to here. You know, it's just, it's like a, it's like a Rube Goldberg contraption from afar. It looks weird. But when you start looking at it, you're like, oh man, this makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, you're just trying to boil water off as fast as you can with a really high, hot fire.
3: Hmm. That sounds like a wild process, man. But I, I will tell you from personal experience that, it's worth it. The process is worth it. That shit was so delicious.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll send you guys some more. I'm going to get some more bottled up here. But, um, yeah, it's kicking along pretty good. We're ha- we're having fun.
3: That's awesome. And it just is, uh, so you're only producing this little window out of the year, and then right. uh, do you just add, like, uh, I've, I've read a couple of uh, Joel Salatin books, and he has one specifically about, how to make money farming uh, that I haven't got into yet, but I have it on my shelf. But I was just—I
0: know where you're going.
3: Yep. I'm just curious. Like, is this just a piece of what you're adding the for the rest of the year? Like, you just have it right. in a rotation.
0: Right. Exactly. Like, so we're just trying to like pile enterprises on the same acreage, right? Yeah. We're trying to like make dollars per acre versus like dollars per unit. Sure. So, We have a fixed amount of acreage, and if we can stack more enterprises on the same acreage, then our net should be better at the end. Yeah. One of the other things is there's a huge old orchard, and my house kind of sits like right in the middle of it. These trees are 150 years old. If you look up Interstoic, I think they have an Instagram page, Interstoic, Um, there's a friend of my wife who we randomly... Ran to, he was a winemaker, and we got talking. He's like, "Oh, I'm, I quit working at this wine place because I wanted to like be more experimental about stuff, and I wanted to do different things." And and they weren't sort of into it, so I decided to do my own thing. So I'm looking for some apples. you know where there are any apples are at? I said, "I certainly do. We have this like 200 tree old orchard that's like in the middle of the cow pasture. You're welcome to anything you want there." Nice. So he he came in and like started picking apples and and just loved it. They came with like one ton trucks and filled them several different times.
3: Damn!
0: Made a bunch of cider, hard cider. Yeah. And then billed it as like the Hillstone hard cider. And then we teamed with them at a restaurant in town for one weekend, and we just did all Hillstone meat and matched it with their sliders and wines and you couldn't even get in the place. It
3: was not. That's awesome. That sounds like something I'd fight my way in for, for sure. Yeah. It's so weird that we live in this world, right?
0: Where. And that's like trendy, you know what I mean? It was like super trendy. Yeah, like people were coming like from a, all over. So yeah, this is there's... like
3: some hot sought after item. And it's also like, uh, it's like the natural state of the fucking world, right? It's like,
0: Right, right. It's exactly like a real r- tree. If Aaron Stone hadn't come and picked those apples, those apples would, <laughs> my cows would hate them. You know wow, what I mean? That's he wild, might, yeah. And and he was like, what do I owe you for? I'm like, nothing, dude. You, like, put my name on the map. You put your name on the map. And he found value in something that otherwise would have went to waste. I'm like. That's beautiful, <laughs> man.
3: That's beautiful how you <laughs> can find that kind of stuff, too. And uh, I I don't know, like, in in the modern paradigm that's like insane right that's like a, a poor business move or like uh you know you
0: right you somebody going be like oh to you should the... charge him like three thousand dollars to do that i'm like yeah. yeah but i sold how much meat and it would have never happened unless he did what he did right and now his family has like an income and it's like feeding into my family
3: right because he's
0: like hey we're gonna put a because we opened the store he's like we'd like to put a refrigerated cooler in your store and we can use you as a remote location to sell alcohol and I don't have to buy an alcohol like I don't have to buy a some crazy license he's like we'll give you like 25% of everything you sell like okay sounds good
3: that's beautiful that's like uh it's just a way where you did get an investment like you did get payment and it was right it's not cash money up front because the cash money up front is like, all right, you got the apples, now give me the money, now we go our separate ways. And then it it, end, right. it ends there at that one point. Right, right. But instead, you've got this beautiful thing that's blossoming into the future of like, shit man, come back next season for more apples. And
0: uh, Right, and then I hired a friend of mine and be like, <clears throat> hey, can you come trim all these trees <laughs> so Aaron can get some more apples next year?
3: Nice. Yeah, that's fucking awesome, man.
0: Yeah, I
1: just love. Awesome. I'll kind of... you guys that.
3: Oh, that would be cool. Oh, that
1: would be awesome.
3: Love a, love a good it, cider.
1: True value for value. Yeah, man. Living the life.
3: Yep. Yeah, you gotta you gotta back it up, man. If you if you talk it, you gotta walk it. That's what I say, man. That's right. That's what I say. Well, I I just love stories like that because um, it gives me so much hope about being able to solve these these problems and and how f- like fucked everything feels and seems right now it's not something that's insurmountable it's not something that we have to bow down to it's not like like you don't have to put your kids on that conveyor belt and then bitch about it like you can make a whole new world
0: right so, so many things yeah i think i think your imagination is the only thing that limits you like
3: I agree, man. Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
0: to go back to the Fallington thing, like you were talking about, like you just stacking different enterprises on the same property. And yeah. I think uh maybe one of your past guests uh now CBR and those guys were talking about should they sell everything and buy land? Yep. But maybe they could find something that mutually beneficial with someone that already owns land and they can like buy a small piece of property sure. adjacent to theirs and work a deal out where they can work with them and 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 put another business right on top of that, business that already exists or something like that. I've seen that happen before. See,
3: with my weird, weird crazy, like, want to get in the woods but still have this heart for the city also, like, our actual plan is to hang on to this house and uh, do, like, short-term rentals out of it because it's right by the zoo, and if we did a little... Uh, flip to sell it correctly we would um, fix the place up to make it like a super nice place to do short term rentals and have it themed right towards the zoo and then you could do like people who want to do the football game or whatever you know um, I think there's potential in that to where you could just rent it out at times but then you still own the thing and then you still have an investment here
0: and, yeah, and you're and, building equity all the time right
3: yeah and it, you know this could be instead of a it could be more than investment it could turn into income property and it could finance right. the place we're thinking about you know directly. Right. But this is the right. longer term thing and then and then you know building a spot where people will want to go to. Yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those options that we always keep in the back of our mind man. But uh
0: I think you're on the right track. And you guys are young enough that like if you're thinking about it right now, you'll make it happen because you know it, it took it took me 20 years to get here. Yeah. What we're doing there, you know, and I, I I think we like tossed around between each other before that. We tended bar and and you know when I was in college, I milked cows every day. You know,
3: yeah.
0: I I drove 10 miles out of state college. I went to Penn State and I drove 10 miles out of town to milk cows every morning at five. That's probably the only reason I made it through college because all my roommates party their asses off, yeah, but I had to be somewhere at five every day because I was broke, you know, yeah, like i was trying to I was trying to get through, and you know that kind of mindset of I want to do this, I want to get here, and I have to struggle now, and you know bartending, yep. milking cows, <laughs> you know hustling, like just trying to get extra hundred dollars. Twice a week, yeah. That you can put towards something else. Those little small things,
3: little piece at a time, get in where you. Yeah, in.
0: it add, it adds up. Yep,
3: definitely. Yeah, and it's it's wild because some people throw it all away for this little like point two acres with a fence with a house that looks like the exact same thing as what's <laughs> what's next to you, you know. And then they call yeah, that like yeah. success and stuff. I don't know, man. I have a different kind of success vision, and uh, I really appreciate you coming in and talking to us and sitting down with us because it's like um it's like that reaffirming sort of uh piece of the vision man
0: yeah i think the last few episodes i heard you guys talking and like seemed waffling i'm like i need to it's one of those things where i need to make myself help other people too you know what i mean
3: absolutely and
0: but because i've found a lot of good things coming out of you guys stuff so
3: well, we appreciate hopefully,
0: that, man. Hopefully, I gave you enough good back.
3: Definitely, man, and we'll have to do it again sometime. Very uh, in the
0: future, we'll, we'll yeah, keep maybe you in the rotation. The, maybe, and... maybe next time we won't be so serious.
3: Yeah, maybe, maybe we could, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could our joking around. Maybe
0: some more. Maybe uh, we cut some more jokes.
3: Hopefully, between now and then, you'll find another commie to slap too. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I love a good yeah. commie slap story. Uh I wanna thank everybody listening in um to the bowl on the bowl stream. And uh also in the future, you can always find this and all the other Bulls with Buds episodes at bullswithbuds.com or budswithbutts.com Also goes there. And uh we'll be back at it at our regular slot, just like always, every Tuesday night right after DH Unplug oh. wraps up at What is it, nine central Nine right? central. It's easy to forget. Yeah, nine central, that's when it will be. Uh, but until then I'll be Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City
1: I'll be Dame DeLorean And Farmer Todd Yeah May your bowls burn ever brighter
0: we need babies We still have to make children Wow I am really high
1: Smoke, a bowl, sir. smoke,
0: smoke, smoke, smoke in a bowl, sir. I feel stupid now. Um, it's the weed. I think frankly it's simple. You'd love it. Woo! Woo! Woo!
3: What? What?
0: Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl.com.
2: Bowl after bowl.com. <laughs>